He moved in with them. He dressed like them. He ate with them. And it wasn't long after this experience began that the people realized that he was different, that he really truly cared for them, that he left where he was to try to come to them to understand the difficulties of their life. You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Grace, peace, and mercy be unto you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we invite you into this time that we spend together in worshiping you. We ask for your blessings to be upon an instructed tongue and an instructed mind. Please let us hear your word, Lord God, and the words that will be spoken. May they accomplish your heavenly purpose by your heavenly will. It is in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we ask these things in this way. Amen. The point of the gospel What we are intending to do on this day is to navigate getting to the point of the gospel and then once getting there, seeing the direction that we are taken. I would like to begin by telling you a story that I have recently read. It was about two men encountering each other, the one a theologian, the other, a lawyer. The lawyer was telling this theologian how he had experienced something that was incredible. It was his intent and his purpose to help people that were living in a very difficult and deprived situation. So what he decided to do was he knew he could not make contact with these people from a distance. He had to get up close and personal with them. So this very wealthy lawyer left his comfortable habitation and he found a place to rent right in the midst of these people who were in such a terrible way. He moved in with them. He dressed like them. He ate with them. And it wasn't long after this experience began that the people realized that he was different, that he really truly cared for them, that he left where he was 
to try to come to them to understand the difficulties of their life. And they began to respect him and share with him because they realized that this person truly cared for them, truly loved them, and wanted to help them regain their sense of self-respect and self-worth. There is another story that is substantially different than this. It's about a group of tribesmen from South Africa that were discovered in their habitation. But it became a scientific experiment, if you will. What they did, the scientists, is they took the Bushmen out of their environment and brought them into the bigger city. And they put before them some incredible experiences, but they were scientific experiences. They took them 35,000 feet in an airplane. These Bushmen never had any type of experience like that. They were also shown a scientific brain, a computer that did mathematical equations that were incredible. The scientists gathered together and they had began to bet on which experience the Bushmen would be most affected by. And when they sat down with them, and not through a questionnaire, but personal interaction, asked them, what was the most incredible experience that you had? Because these gentlemen were equated to that of the experience of Stone Age people. To their surprise, it wasn't the airplane that fascinated the people or had any impact on them. It was not the brain, the computer, and the devices that they were shown. The Bushmen simply answered the scientists, when we turned the handle, water came out of the wall. That was what impacted them the most because that was part of their existence. That was part of their experience. They knew what it was like to be thirsty. They knew what it was like to travel great distances to get water so that they could be refreshed. They knew the difficulties that they were faced with when a drought came upon them. Both of these stories help us make a way to the point of the gospel. Because Jesus did just those things. He went and he took on the human lot. He lived in the midst of the people. He knew what their experiences were. He showed them that he loved them and that he cared for them. And he told them also, just like the Bushmen, that these wonderful existence experiences in life, that he will be able to supply for them. Well, this only gets us to the gates of Jerusalem. We still need to get inside Jerusalem to get to the point of the gospel message for today. The disciples and Jesus are going in to the holy city to participate in the Passover feast. And they go in there commemorating this event where they 
sacrifice an animal, they eat the food, and then celebrate the deliverance. The sacrifice, the meal, the deliverance. Jesus, after sharing the Passover meal with his disciples, again offers the sacrifice, the meal, to be followed by the deliverance. And as soon as he institutes the Holy Eucharist, he looks at his betrayer, and this next portion begins to take its pathway. Jesus would become betrayed. He would be denied. All those sitting at table with him would flee from his presence. He would be left alone. But the eyes and the ears of those disciples that had spent time like the lawyer did and realized the incredible things that Jesus had done in their presence that was so important to the existence of people. They remembered and their eyes could recall and their ears could hear the gentleness of his voice as he spoke to people in love, as he showed them incredible care, as he regained sight to the blind, as he caused the lame to walk, the deaf to hear, those carried to him on a pallet, he would make them arise and they would fold their pallet and walk away. Things were going to be seen and heard by the disciples that were completely different. In a rather short period of time, the hope that they had would almost seem like hopelessness. They either seen or heard as it took place or as Jesus staggered to the cross the following events. They seen or heard about the crown being formed and pushed on Jesus' head. I know for myself, if I get a little splendor or a thorn stuck in my finger, the pain that is associated with that. They were not used to seeing this in Jesus, seeing him suffer this way and hearing his voice cry out in the pain of all of those thorns crushing his brow. Or the pain of after receiving a blow from a staff. Or to have him humiliated and mocked and spat upon. This is not what their eyes were used to seeing. This is not what their ears were used to hearing. Or how about the scourging? This wood baton with leather laces coming off of it. On the leather laces that were tied in sequence, the vertebrae of the backbone of sheep and a metal ball. And the scourging whip was taken and it was thrown at full velocity until it came to a sudden stop on Jesus' back. They were not used to seeing these things or hearing Jesus cry out in agony. And then 
weakened by the scourging because it is reported that being scourged in this way 40 times was enough to cause death. Incredibly weakened by this event, he now staggers to the cross. Again, the disciples, they're not used to seeing this. They are not used to hearing him cry out in pain. But yet, these two centuries are not yet finished. They're able to see the mallet being raised up, the nail being placed on his wrists and his ankles. They can hear the sound of the mallet hitting the nails. They can hear him cry out in pain. Their eyes must be burning, their ears stinging, because they're not used to seeing this in Jesus. And then he is raised up on the cross, and he speaks the words that we have heard spoken in the sanctuary on Good Friday. And the last words that Jesus speaks is, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. He breathed his last. The curtain was torn. It's important for us to know because that which separated us from Almighty God was taken down when Jesus breathed his last. But the eyes of those disciples and those women and the ears of those had to sting and ring and they go away and wait until the Sabbath is finished. When the Sabbath is over, on the morning of the first day, the women go to the tomb to pay respect to Jesus, to adorn his body with spices, as was their custom. This is the point to where the gospel puts us right now. All of these things take place and because they experienced all of these things, there is one absolute point that can be understood. Not one of them doubted that Jesus was dead. They seen the way he was treated. They saw the suffering. They heard his cries. They didn't doubt that he was dead. But when the women go to the tomb, the tomb is empty. And an angel speaks to them and tells them that Jesus has risen from the dead. This is the point from where the gospel goes. Now at this point, they run back and they tell the disciples that Jesus has risen. And for fear of the Jews behind locked doors, because they just seen what had happened to their Lord, and they knew that the same type of brutality could be carried out upon them, so they were hiding. 
and Jesus comes into their presence and he no longer is crying in agony. They can hear that soft, gentle voice like when he was with them before all of these events took place. And he simply says to them in that calm and soothing voice, Peace be with you. And he shows them the nail prints and the piercing. He allows them to begin to realize that all the hope that they had in him that seemed hopeless because of what just happened has been completely restored. Hopelessness has been taken away. He is with them. They see him. And he is, in a way to say, a sight for sore eyes. For they had been seeing things and hearing things that were so foreign to them. But now, Jesus comforts them. But Thomas is not there. But the disciples and the women act in the way that Jesus had taught them when he was with them. They did not abandon Thomas because Thomas refused to be with them. They reached out to him and told him that we have seen the Lord. They reached out to Thomas who walked away from them in the same love that Christ had shown. And Thomas returns to be with them. And Jesus again comes into their midst behind locked doors. And he says again to calm the ringing in their ears, peace be with you. And he wipes their sword stinging eyes and allow them to look upon the brutality that he went through. And immediately, Thomas cries out, My Lord and my God. All his hopelessness was restored to the hope they had when Christ was with them. The point the story of the gospel then makes to us is made obvious to us in the first reading today from the book of Acts that Pastor Jenkins read. For before these events took place, they were hiding, sheltering in place in utter fear. But now they stand in front of those who had sentenced Jesus to death and they are no longer afraid. They will not be sheltered in place. They will not be shut in. They go and constantly proclaim that God has delivered us from all our enemies including death. Christ is risen he is risen in aid. My Lord 
and my God. Amen. Sleeping, my presence, my life.